Good morning. It's good to be here this morning and see all of you. I heard in the earlier service that uh, Pastor Bruce was in Chihuahua, Mexico, and I thought maybe I should be there and he should be here. That would be better. Uh, I would be more comfortable, I know that. <clears throat> but it's kind of unusual because I'm not used to being up in front of a lot of people. I'm more one-on-one -on -one discipling, invested in that, and that's what uh, I like to do, and I feel comfortable with that. But speaking in front of a big crowd isn't really where I'm at. So uh, be praying for me as we go through uh, what we're talking about here today. I'd just like to mention that Melinda and I, my wife Melinda is sitting down there, uh, Melinda and I have been members of Cross Point Church uh, one year tomorrow. So we thank you. Great. We thank you for loving us into this uh, church body, for helping us to be part of uh, what you're all about here and serving the Lord. And uh, we've gotten to know some of you, but some of you we don't know yet and uh, look forward to getting to meet you. But thank you for allowing us to be part of this body, and thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to share this morning, and thank Pastor Bruce for allowing me to do this. So, thank you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us this morning to have life, to be on our feet today, and to be physically healthy and uh, to be about this day, and we thank you for the spiritual life that you've given us through Jesus Christ, your Son. Lord, help us to be more aware of your presence, and I just pray that you have your way this morning as you speak to us from your Word. Share with us what you want us to hear, and I just pray that our hearts are open and our ears and minds are open to what you have to say and that you have your way and that we are, we do become more aware of your presence because we're here this morning listening to you. Thank you for the great opportunity to worship you today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. I'm just thinking what a, here we are at 2015, November of 2015, the end of the year. What a great year it's been at Cross Point, right? We've gone through the story. We've gone through from the front cover to the back cover of God's Word. We've heard the overall picture of God's whole story that He's given us. And so it's been a great time uh, of seeing the failures and seeing the successes, seeing the faith, seeing the lack of faith, seeing the creation, and then seeing the culmination of all that in the new heaven and new earth where we're headed for. So we've had a great a time this year going through uh, God's story from cover to cover in God's Word. And I was especially uh, impressed, I guess, in the last couple weeks of Bruce's sermon. Uh, two weeks ago, he talked about uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, about God's Word is inspired. It's God-breathed. 
this book, the Bible, is God-breathed. And it's personal. It's intimate. It's essential to our lives, this God-breathed work. And he wants it to be a close personal relationship with us. That's what he's asking for. That's what he desires. And so it was neat to see that face-to-face he talked about, God breathing. And all of his word is for teaching and for reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness so that you and I are prepared for every good work, everything that he wants. His word gives that to us so that we can do what he wants us to do. Not what we want to do, but what he wants us to do. And then last week, it was interesting to see how he went, well, Pastor Bruce went through uh, the whole Bible, what we've done all year long from cover to cover. He did it in one week, right? Talking about creation, talking about faith, talking about rebellion, talking about sin, talking about prophets coming to get people back on track again, talking about Jesus coming, the Messiah, to save our lives here. And then in the end, talking about the culmination of God's progressive plan, the new heaven, new earth, where we're headed for. Those of us of faith, we're headed there. So he, he gave us the whole picture, some successes of people, some failures of people, just like you and I, right? But through it all, Pastor Bruce says, God was in control. It didn't make any difference who was the king, who was in control of the country, who was rebelling, who was being faithful and whatever. No matter what happened, God was in control, and his progressive plan of redemption was being worked out, even till today, until the culmination of time in the new heaven and new earth. So it's interesting to see that God is in control, and he's intimately connected with us, and he wants that to happen. So today... We want to take a look at where are we today. Where are you and I today? With all of that, all that God has shown us in his word over the last year, where are we today? And so today what I'd like to do is I'd like to not take a broad overview, the broad strokes of of God's word and what he wants, but I'd like to drill down into the core, into the center, into perhaps the most important part of God's Word and what He wants, what He wants to say to us and who we are and how we can live our life here today in Orange County, 2015. We're not in creation. We're not in the rebellion in the Old Testament in Israel and so on. We're not at the in heaven, the new heaven, new earth, but we're here right now today. So where are we today, you and I? Let's drill down. Let's see what the core of that is. And where we're going to go today is in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. So if you have your Bibles or you want to use the Bible that's under the chair in front of you, take a look at Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Now, I'd like to start a little uh, before that in my reading here of that passage, and that's in 34. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, 
asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Okay, so he's asking him a question and testing him because Jesus had just been set up by the Pharisees to tell the Sadducees that they're off track, that there is a resurrection. So the Sadducees were discredited before the Pharisees, and the Pharisees thought that was a good deal. But now Jesus has all this, all this importance, and he's raising in his credibility among the Jewish people, and they're thinking, maybe we can discredit Jesus too. So what is most important in their, in their lives is the law. So he's asking, what's the greatest commandment? Maybe if Jesus says one thing, we can discredit Jesus because of that one thing that he said. So let's see what Jesus has to say. So it starts here in 37. And Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So when he said this to the Pharisee, he got this response on what's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. Do you think they expected that? Do you think they expected to hear love God? What do you think they might have expected? I mean, they're tied into the law. This light is bright, as bright as it was in the first service. It's too bright. So, uh, so what do you think they expected? They, they were tied to the law now. They wanted to really, you do this, you don't do that. You can do this, you can't do that, and so on. They were really into obeying laws, and they had all the laws. As a matter of fact, they not even only had uh, uh, their own, or God's law, but they had their own laws. So what do you think they would expect Jesus to say when they asked him that question? Anybody have an idea? Pardon? No other gods before me. Also, I'd like to say that those of you who are in one-on-one -on -one discipleship situations to refrain from responding if they could. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, so love the Lord your God. What else? What else do you think they might say? Pardon? Keep the Sabbath holy, yeah, maybe. Don't murder anybody, right, maybe. I mean, they could say all kinds of things, and whatever Jesus would pick out, they could discredit him because there are all these other laws and so on. What would you think he should say today? If you're, we're sitting right here today and you didn't know that he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, what would you think uh, if Jesus asked you what was the greatest commandment, what do you think Jesus would say? What do you think? Honor the Lord your God? Okay. Anything else? How about go preach the gospel? How about go make disciples? And make disciples and have them make disciples, right? Don't murder anybody or love your wife. You know, don't covet. I mean, there are all kinds of things, right? But he didn't say that. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. That's what he said. So if you think about that, 
If we think about loving the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, is there anything else? I mean, could we love God with anything else? Pardon? Be prepared. I'm sorry. Be prepared, okay? Okay. I mean, if we love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind, I mean, Deuteronomy says one more thing, right? Love him with all your strength. Yeah. So is there anything else we could, is there any other way that we could love God than that way? All of our heart, you know, who we are inside, our personality, uh, the inner, inner side of who we are and what we think and our affections and so on. Is there any other way that we could love God other than our heart or then our soul, our soul being our immortal part, that part that's never going to go away, right? That part that's going to heaven or hell for eternity, the immaterial part, the soul. So we're loving Him with our heart, we're loving Him with our soul, and we're loving Him with our mind, the way we think, the way we talk with one another, the way we interact, the way we decide what we're going to do. With all of that, we love him. He's asking us to love him with everything, right? That's what he said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. On your bulletin insert, there's a question. Question number one, how would you do that? How would you love God with all your heart and soul and mind? Write it down. How are you going to do that? How do you do that today, right now in your relationship with God? Or how could you do that? I mean, we've all heard this passage many times, but think about how you would love God with all that you are. How would you go about doing that? Okay? Everybody done that? You've either written it down or you've got it in your mind, right? How you're going to love God with all your heart and soul and mind. Okay. So I want to give you an example. My wife, Melinda, is sitting back here, and we've been married for quite a few years, quite a number of years, more years than some of you are old for sure. But anyway, we've been married for a long time. And you know what? Every day when I come home, I come home and I talk to Melinda. And I tell her all about my day and what I've done and what I want and what I want her to do, right? <laughs> I'm telling her all this stuff. And she's just listening. I mean, she's just listening. I'm talking, she's listening, okay? So we've had a long relationship, but it's a relationship is it a love relationship if I'm doing all the talking and she's doing all the listening? I'm not, I don't see, there's no conviction really that you guys that, <laughs> do you think there would be a good relationship, a love relationship? No, no there wouldn't, there isn't, there is, there is, but there isn't. There in that situation, there isn't, okay. It's not a love relationship. And the reason is because I'm doing all the talking and she's doing all the listening. It's a one-sided relationship. In order to be a good love relationship, what would have to happen? Two-way communication. Two-way communication. Right. She's got to be 
talking to me, and I've got to be listening, and I've got to talk to her, and she's got to listen. There's got to be a two-way conversation. So the same thing with our relationship with God. If we're going to love God with all that we are, that means that we need to talk to Him, and He needs to talk to us, right? Do we do much talking to Him? How do we talk to Him? In prayer. Do we do that very much? In this love conversation, is there more of us talking? Yeah, definitely. We're talking about we, we've got a problem, we need help, we want a blessing, we want you to fix some problem we've got with our relationship with somebody else. We're talking to God all the time, especially when we get in trouble, especially when we have a problem or we want a blessing, right? We're talking to Him all the time. So that's one side of the conversation. What's the other side of the conversation if we're going to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind? Listen to what? Read the Bible. Listen to what? The Bible? Holy Spirit? Meditate on His Word. How do we hear from God? How do you hear from God? Reading the Bible. Through people like me. But I might be telling you the wrong thing, you know. <laughs> you got to be sure you're checking out whatever I say here today. Make sure. One-on-one. One. One-on-one, maybe. Okay. Conviction. Conviction. That's how we're going to hear from God? Be still and listen. How are we going to listen? By hearing what He says. Okay. Let me suggest this. And... I might never be asked to speak in this church again <laughs> because this sounds a little bit heretical because we've all grown up in church and so on talking about, I need to read the Bible, right? I need to read God's Word. I need to read uh, a chapter a day or maybe two chapters a day or I need to read through the Bible this year, right? I need to read the Bible. Over and over again, read the Bible. I want to tell you that God has given us His Word, the Bible, to read, yes, to get to know who He is and who He is and who we are and so on, but that's not the end goal. God didn't give us the Bible so that we could know more about the Bible. God gave us the Bible so we could know more about Him, so we can love Him with all of our heart and soul and mind. That's why God gave us the Bible. So we need to, every time we go to the Bible, open up the Bible and say, God, what do you have to say to me today? Not to read a chapter. God, what do you want to tell me today? That's the other side of the conversation. Remember, we're praying to him all the time, and if we're doing all that praying and we're not hearing from him, it's one-sided. But if we open God's Word every time, we don't just open God's Word to read God's Word, we open it to hear from God, that's how we get a two-way conversation. Can we have a love relationship with God any other way? No. It's a dysfunctional relationship, like the relationship I talked about with Melinda and I where I'm doing all the talking. 
We have a relationship, but it's dysfunctional, right? It's not intimate. It's not loving. But if we're really listening to God as we go to His Word, that's why He gave us His Word, so we can get to know Him, the God of the Bible, not the Bible. The Bible tells us how to get to know the God of the Bible. But the end goal isn't just to know the Bible better. It's to know the God of the Bible. So, love Him with all your heart and soul and mind, with all that we are. I don't know if you know it, but there's a big red clock there at the back that tells what time it is. And that thing's putting pressure on me right now because I'm doing too much walking. So we're, maybe we're going to get done with this. Uh, okay. Okay. So because of what you wrote down in the answer to your question number one, I'd like you to go back now and revise that. Write a revision to what you put in how you're going to have a love relationship with God based on what we've just talked about. How are you personally going to do that, have that love relationship with God? Okay? And if this is the most important, it's important that we all do this, either written or mentally or in ourselves. Know what he said. Okay? Okay, let's, let's move ahead then to uh, verse 38. It says, this is the great and foremost commandment. This is the great and foremost commandment, or the great and the first commandment. So what he's just told us is beyond anything else. It's above everything else. It's the central issue. It's the core of everything. Okay. How can you and I put that first? How can you and I? Now, you have a lot of things to do in the day, right? Some of you go to school, right? Some of you go to school. Some of you have jobs. Some of you have to go to the coffee shop, right? <laughs> hey! Okay, and so we all got stuff to do, right? Every day, we've all got stuff to do. So if he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind... This is the first and foremost. This is before anything else. How are you going to do that? Give him 20 minutes? What? Give God your time. Okay, first thing in the morning. Okay. First, who said that? First priority? That's right. You know, because every one of us has a priority list. Every one of us. I don't care if you write it down or not, but you've got it in your head or you've written it down. You've got a priority, and there's something on the top of your priority list that you're going to do every day no matter what. I don't care how busy you are, you're going to do that one thing because it's on the top of your priority list. You're going to shuck other things aside and do the thing that's on the top of the priority, right? That's what he's asking us to do in 38. He's asking us to have this love God this two-way conversation with God, that to be on the top of our priority list every day, not just sometimes, not because we're busy today or whatever. Tell me, what's on the, pro well, what's on the top of your priority list? Anybody willing? I mean, you don't have to be super 
religious or anything, but what's on the top of your priority list? Anybody care to offer? Pardon? To give selflessly. There's a good one. Great. What else? Anybody else? Top of the priority list. Yeah. Coffee. You're going to have that Starbucks coffee today. No matter what, boy, I'm going to have that cup of coffee. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking about. You know, on the top of my priority list, you know, if it's a nice day, I'm going to drive my, this motorcycle I am really, really like to drive or I'm going to get out my car that I've refurbished, and I'm going to drive that today. Or I'm going to go visit Bob, because, you know, Bob makes me laugh, and I, I don't care what else I've got to do. I'm going to go see Bob today, right? All of us have something that's on the top of our priority list, and we make room for, no matter what, we're going to do that one thing. God's telling us in 38 here. Jesus is telling us in 38. This is the first and foremost Loving God, having this two-way conversation with God every day is the most important, no matter what. How busy you are, how sick you feel, it's putting God first. Two-way conversation with Him every day. Let me give you an example. I used to be a fireman here in Huntington Beach. And we lived down in Capistrano Beach, and you work 24-hour shifts, so every other day, you know, I'd go in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then I'd come back at 8 o'clock the next morning. And uh, there were two other guys down there, one that lived in Capistrano Beach, and, or San Juan Capistrano, and the other one lived in Laguna, and we all worked the same shift, so we traded off carpooling to come in the morning so we all didn't have to drive our cars from that south county up here. So we did that. And at that time in my life, I wanted to become a captain. I wanted to make captain of the fire department. I wanted that promotion. And so I did. Every day off, I spent all my time studying and preparing to become a captain on the fire department. Every day. It didn't matter what was going on. Every day, that's my focus. That was top of my priority list. So one day I got a call. I got a call from Bill, who lived in San Juan Capistrano, one of the carpool guys, and he said, uh, John won't be going with us tomorrow. John was the guy that lived in Laguna. I said, oh, really, why? He said, John is dead. That's what I thought. Oh, really? How can that be? He's dead, yeah. He was on Saddleback Mountain with a four-wheel drive vehicle, and he got too close to the edge, and he went over the side, dropped so many thousand feet, and he got killed. Can't believe it. Can't believe that happened just like that. Hung up the phone. I didn't have a priority list li uh, written out, but I took my mental priority list, and I took it, and I turned it right upside down. That promotion and the captain exam went right to the bottom, and everything else went to the top. God, my wife, Melinda, our two kids, loving other people, you know, doing what God wanted. It was exactly upside down. And that's what Jesus is, is saying here in verse 38. Or 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, a two-way conversation. And 38, this is the first and foremost. Every day, that's got to be top of our priority list. That's what he's telling us to do. Can we do that? 
I didn't hear too much, but... <laughs> okay. Intentional. Intentional. If we want a love relationship with God, and if this is the core issue, then we need to be intentional about doing that. Okay. 39, I'm not going to talk about very much today because I can see that clock. But if you just extrapolate out what we've talked about with a two-way love relationship with God, that's the same way with people. Love people as you love yourself. That means we've got to listen to them, even people we don't want to listen to. And we've got to talk back and forth. We've got to have a two-way conversation with them. Then we can have a love relationship with other people and a love relationship with God. But it has to be a two-way conversation, hearing, talking, and listening, okay? Now, I want to, I skipped it, and I'm not sure the, the girl doing the slides, she's pretty good, but uh, I know I skipped, I wanted to go over to verse 40 first. Verse 40, oh, she's on it already. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So what he's saying there, again, we're talking about these Pharisees and those in Judaism steeped in God's law and all the importance of do this, don't do that, building their own laws. They had a number of other books, the Midrash, the Talmud, and the Mishnah, where they built their own laws, even more laws than God had. You could do this, you can't do that. That was a big thing for them to do it the right way. Do this, don't do that. That was their thing. And so here he's saying, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. For us today, here we are in Matthew 22, not right at the end of Jesus' life, but a little bit before the crucifixion, he's saying this. He was asked this question, he's saying this. And what he's saying is that everything that God gave us before in the Bible, all the law, the moral law, the ceremonial law, the judicial law, all of the law that God gave us, plus add to that all that the prophets said. You know, when Pastor Bruce was talking about the rebellion and sending prophets to bring them back on track with God again, and then the rebellion again, and then another prophet to bring them back again, all that God said in there, in the Bible, all the way from Genesis up no, to now, Matthew 22, all of that is in, everything hangs on that. This commandment, loving God with all your heart and soul and uh, mind and loving your neighbor as yourself, all the law and all the prophet hangs on or depends on this. It's almost like if you took, if you took a bag full of stuff and you took a nail and you hammered it up in the wall and, that, and then you put that bag on there and let that bag hang on it, what Jesus is saying is, all that, all that been, has been given to us by God to know who we are and who he is and how we should live, it all hangs on loving God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. All of it. And this is the first and foremost commandment. If you pull that nail out, it's going to fall to the floor. It's all based on that. This is the essence of what Jesus is saying here important for us to think about in our lives, how important it is to build this love relationship. You know, we want to do things, right? We want to do ministry. We want to do this. We, there are all kinds of good things to do. But Jesus is saying, no, before you do any of that, 
love God with all your heart and soul and mind. That's the most important. The love relationship with God is first and important. Do it first, and then everything else falls under that. That's what he's telling us to do here. So, where are you and I then now? Orange County, 2015, right now today, in God's... Remember, from creation to the new heavens, new earth, His progressive plan of revelation that He's given us for redemption. Where are we today? We're right in the middle of Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind first. And then the outflow of that is all this other ministry that he wants us to do, like making disciples, like this church's purpose is to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. But it's all got to flow out of that. In, otherwise, in other words, I think, I think Jesus is saying what I've said here in 37 through 40, especially in 37 and 38, this is the launch pad if you want to be with the Lord, this is the launch pad. Everything launches off this. Everything in our Christian life launches off loving God with all your heart and soul and mind. Everything. If it's not launching off that, we're doing our own thing, maybe, or the world's thing, but we're not doing His thing. It all launches off loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. You know, it's kind of interesting you think about the fact that He's saying, he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he didn't say, go do this or go do that. Love your neighbor or don't murder or obey the commandments. Or He didn't say that. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. He's actually saying perhaps to you and I that it's not so important what we do, but it's very, very deeply, essentially core value important to be who he wants us to be. We need to be in a love relationship with God so that we're being who he wants us to be first, and then he'll work through our lives to do what he wants us to do. Okay? Grab a hold. I think that's where we're at today. 2015, going through the overview. Now, here's the core issue. Let's be who God wants us to be. I see the musicians are just getting ready to come up here real quick now. So, we're going to have to quit. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, let's, let's close in prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you again for this time. Thank you again for the way you speak to us. Help us not to miss what you say. Help us to want to hear from you directly, not just to read what's in the Bible, but to hear you speak to us personally. Help us to grow and develop this love relationship with you. And Lord, I just pray that if there are people in this church building today that say, I don't know how. I've never really heard from God before. I, I, I don't know how to listen to him. 
I pray if that's where you're at, that you would reach out to uh, the pastors of this church and ask them how they could be involved in a discipling group that would help them grow as a disciple or to get involved in a one-on-one -on -one discipling relationship to get to know you better and learn how to hear from you. Lord, we just give you all praise today and we honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.